of Manchester, welcome to your Manchester Lunchtime Live. Well, a very good afternoon to each and every one of you joining me, Ms. Belinda Scandal, for this episode of Lunchtime Live. A boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, and perhaps in Welsh, boy, oh, where have we got a fabulous show lined up for you. Yes, we are joined by legend, and I mean this not lightly, the one and only Miss Rhea Jones is joining us. So sit back, get your cup of soup ready, everybody. We have got an absolute treat for you. Can you hear me? We can hear you perfectly. Oh, Hello. good. Oh. <laughs> can you hear me, mother? It's very scary, you know. It really is, honestly. I know. I've just had my, my cup of soup and I'm ready for this. Now, listen, I just want to tell a few people about you, just in case they've been hiding in the cupboards for the, all these years. Age 19, Rhea became the youngest actress to play the title role of Evita. Later, she went on to play Svetlana and Florence in the West End production of Chess. That's the two main wonderful parts. She's also played the lead in um, Cats, which was Grisabella. She's done I Dreamed a Dream in Time. Goodbye, perhaps not like that, and I'm hoping better in Les Miserables. And, of course, the narrator in Joseph. And more recently, people of Manchester may have seen her going uh, with one look all over Sunset Boulevard. I mean, that's just a portion of your CV there, here, isn't it? How are you today? Hello, I'm good, thank you. I'm laughing at myself because I'm literally sitting on an armchair in front of my fire with my little dog by my feet with a cup of tea. All I need is, I've got a baseball cap on, it should be flat really, shouldn't it? But I'm laughing at myself, I'm like Grandma Jones, but I'm really well, thank you. How are you? We've got to, I'm all right, yes. It's cold today here in Manchester. You're in Wales, I take it, is it? No, I'm in London. I'm from in Wales, London. but I'm in London, yeah. And oh, I've so just you're been not from London. Lovely... Pardon? You're not locked down at all. We are. We're in tier two in London. Yeah. So we're sort of, well, we'll, you know, it's, it's, it, it gets, my mother, bless her, who is in Wales, ring, I speak to her twice a day. And each time she says, where, what, what, what am I doing now? Where can I? I said, mum, just stay inside. Don't go anywhere and you'll be fine, which she's done since February anyway. But I think it's confusing for them. You know, she watches the news, just hears snippets. Yeah, so uh, I have to keep my eye on Wales and and London, you know, because I was supposed to have gone down today. It's my dad's birthday on Friday. And I right. was going to drive down, but because of the lockdown, I can't now. So I'll probably go down the end of November and then I'll bring my mum back up to London with me to look after her for all over Christmas into the new year. And work-wise, how's that been affected for you? Well, um, well, like everyone in theatre, and you should know this, in the entertainment mm. industry, it's really been difficult. But, um, you know, we're, I'm a big saver. I save, you know, for times like this. And I just finished Gypsy at the Royal Exchange in Manchester. Yeah. And literally a month later, bam, it happened. But slowly, um, you know, little bits are, are trickling in. And of course, fingers crossed, I'll be doing Sunset again at the Curve in Leicester over Christmas and New Year. So I consider myself extremely lucky because I know there are many people, um, sadly, that are have been left high and dry. And that's, you know, in front of the camera, behind the camera, on stage, behind stage, the costumiers, the wig makers. It's fast as we know our industry it doesn't just yeah. you know stop with us on stage that's we're just a small part in a big big picture 
and you're a massive part in a major, major picture. We're talking, of course, about the musical theatre word. Now, age 19, taking on the role of Ava Peron in A Vita. Just let's go back to that. How did that come about? How on earth did you oh. feel taking on such a momentous role? Do you know what? I think I was lucky in the fact that I didn't realise how big a role it was. I was that young, you know, and I hadn't been um, living away from home that long. And I, you know, although I loved musicals, I wasn't a huge buff, so I'd never seen the show. Um, Of course, I knew the song Don't Cry For Me Argentina, but I think it was a plus for me that I hadn't seen how big the role was before I started rehearsals. Because it's not for the faint high, that role at all, is it? I think when you're that age, you know, it was just right, head down, do the best I can. Uh, I was 18 when I actually auditioned for Hal Prince. And it was so funny in my audition, when he offered it to me there and then, uh, my recall, he said, I just said to Bob Swash, who was the producer, where have you been? Where's this girl been the last few years? And then I realized your age, probably still in school, you know, and uh, <laughs> and that was it. And he sort of definitely, what I mean, what an amazing, wonderful I mean, genius to give me my first break was Hal Prince. How lucky, how lucky am I? You know, know. and I never really sat down and thought it would be my career. It would be a profession. I got started to get paid for singing when I was doing a summer season in Porthcawl in Wales and got paid for singing (laughs) and thought, well, if I, if I can earn money singing, how fab so would that season, be? Uh, Porthcawl what, in like a, a holiday park? Porthcawl Pavilion. It's Porthcawl Pavilion. It's a lovely little theatre where I did my very wow. first professional panto when I was 15. And uh, it was there that I was spotted by an agent who had come down to see a client in the show from London and asked my mum and dad if he could represent me, if he could manage me. So we went up to London, signed the contract, and he was the one that got me an audition for Joseph, the narrator for Bill Kenwright's tour when I was 16 and I got the role and I went on the road and I was 16 turned 17 got my full equity card by doing that and then from there I went I went on to you know Evita and and everything and that was like that was been doing this now 37 years so it's kind of yeah. like the fairy tale an ultimate story for anybody wanting to get into musical theatre your story isn't it because you well, have I think anybody, anybody, yeah, I think anybody that wants to um, enter it that doesn't have a, a, a money behind them in a way, because mm-hmm. my parents didn't have a lot of money, so I couldn't go to a drama school. And back in Wales then, I don't even think there was a musical theatre course, which there is now, a fantastic one, at the Welsh College um, of Music and Drama. But back then, you had to go to London if you wanted to go to any musical theatre Uh, college and take a course and my parents couldn't afford that so I suppose I just went chose the experience way and it just sort of led me it led me the 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 opportunities came along I took them Um, I don't think I'd regret anything going back a couple of things I turned down maybe I shouldn't have turned down for for reasons but um, I think I've been lucky in being at the right place at the right time but I just feel, yeah, I think for for working class kids that come from all over the UK, I think my story might be a good one for them to aspire to. It's not always about, you know, money and drama school. And of course, training's wonderful. Don't get me wrong. And, you know, if my parents had money, that's probably the way path I'd have taken. But I didn't. So I went the other way. There you go. 
And of course, you've got so many legends from the musicals that have believed in you. You talk to us about Hal Prince. Andrew Lloyd Webber, of course, released his autobiography not long ago and wanted you to be part of his wonderful concert tour that he did. Yes, yeah, he did. Um, uh, we did a workshop called Unmasked, and it was basically celebrating Andrew's career. And he's been the huge part of my career. I've done nearly all his shows. There's only a handful that I haven't done. You know, I always joke, I've, I've got a lot to thank him for my house, my shoes, my car, um, because he literally, his musicals have paved my career, really. And uh, of course, Norma Desmond being a huge part of it, right at the beginning, when I was 24, when he asked me to do the original workshop when he first showed it to, to friends and colleagues and uh, and producers. And then, of course, fast forward, everyone, most people know the story of the, the Glenn Close Coliseum uh, version. And uh, and then it's sort of come full circle. So he's, you know, from, from Joseph to Evita to Cats to Sunset, I've done, you know, he's really been a major part of my of my career. So I have a lot to thank him for. And, and to, sorry, go on, go on. Sorry. Go on after you. No, go on. No, it was just a lovely way to celebrate with him and his career doing that, um, the show Unmasked. Yeah. And then I was going to say, on the flip side of the coin, you've played Mrs. Overall in Acorn Antiques. Do you know what? I, listen, <laughs> my first, I know, my first love is comedy. Although yeah. I, you know, I've always had the big roles of the big belty ballads and everything. I love comedy. I grew up watching Julie Walters, Victoria Wood, you know, all the old greats, Les Dawson, Dick Emery, you know, you know, I grew up in that era and I love to make people laugh. And to get the chance to play that iconic role first, you know, since after Julie Walters, which yeah. were the biggest shoes to step into, and I'm mm -hmm. such a fan, um, it was a dream, dream job, but terrifying at the same time. Luckily, Victoria and I, got on really well and we became close friends and she's very loyal to her friends um she terrified me but i was absolutely in love with her as well at the same time she was a genius and um i would love to play mrs overall again i mean i do joke you know i can go from evita nor desmond to mrs overall you know i don't know many actors who've done that but you know where there's where there's a will <laughs> but the funny thing was when i when I went, when they were auditioning for Acorn Antiques, the musical, the tour, I went up for the glamorous sister, Bonnie. And I oh. thought I, went, I looked pretty glamorous in my audition. So when I was recalled for Mrs. Overall, I thought, oh, well, maybe I, maybe I wasn't looking so good that day. <laughs> but apparently Vic said I reminded her certain, um, uh, my personality reminded her a lot of Julie. And uh, a, a lovely story of Vic in the, in the audition. I, I sang my comedy song. Um, I sang Alto's Lament. I don't know whether you know it, but it's yes. about a girl who's in the chorus and she only ever gets to sing the alto line and she wants yeah. to sing leads, the melody. And um, so I sang that and um, I think she smiled once. So I thought, oh, I'm on a, I'm on a downer here. I'm not, gonna get, <laughs> not even going to get a recall. And then she said, did you bring another song? I said, yes, I bought The Man That Got Away or Wherever He Ain't. Oh, she said, I love both those. You choose. And I said, um, mm, you know what? I said, no, you choose. She oh. said, no, you, we went back and forth. She went, no, you choose. And I thought, I can't say it again. I <laughs> said, all right, I'll sing the man that got away. She said, no, sing wherever he ain't. And, so, <laughs> and I thought, I like her. I like her. And I said, well, I have to change my shoes for that. She went, what? And I, cause I had heels on 
and uh, for the glamorous role, obviously. But I had my low Birk Birkenstocks in my bag. And I thought, I, do you know what? I need to get off these heats. So I, and I think by doing that and saying that, she, she thought, hang on a minute. There is a little bit of comedy in this girl. <laughs> Maybe she could uh, have a bash at Mrs. O. And then I was recalled for Mrs. O. Yeah. Well, you're from so, a very theatrical family as well, though, aren't you, really? I mean, tell everybody who your brother is, for starters. Well, my brother is a female impersonator, Carrie Dupree. Yes. <laughs> and uh, some, I grew up with a brother with better legs than me. No wonder I've got a complex. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's like I got the rugby playing legs and he's got the showgirl legs. So, And when we were little, we swapped dolls, basically. I had Action Man and he had Barbie doll. But... Um, and it Quite came right. back in fantastic. He cut up my mum's fur rug once for a stove. So uh, it was quite fun growing up in, in uh, my household, as you can imagine, making up. And my mum was an opera singer. My dad was a performer on the clubs for 25 years. There was always music in our house and microphones and costumes and makeup. And, you know, literally the kids would come round to our house to play. And then the, the, the little boys would be going home in full drag. <laughs> and why not? And ne never saw them again. <laughs> no, <laughs> it so, was gr honestly. If the if the Olympics was if the Olympics was on, then our backyard was the Olympic Stadium with leotards and and you know vaults and everything. We'd make up our own thing, and then uh, Wimbledon was on, and of course it became a tennis court. I mean, it was just the best childhood. I'm very lucky. Very, very lucky to have the upbringing and the, the parents I have, yeah. I want to talk to you about the process of developing these characters, these massive characters that you get given. How? For, let's talk about um, Gypsy, for instance. Mama in Gypsy, Mama Rose in Gypsy. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and Norma Desmond. Now, they're two massive characters that are renowned worldwide and people think of a certain person playing them. When you're given a part like that, what's the process of developing it to make it your own? I think you have to really find the heart of the character. You have to really feel you become the bones of that character. And growing up, you know, there were so many Mama Roses in the little dancing school that I went to. You know, I grew up with, with Mama. My mum wasn't anything like Mama Rose, funnily enough. The opposite, in fact. I think because she'd been in the business herself, she saw what it was like. So she just wanted me to have fun. Um, but I did see, you know, we did laugh at some of the mums, you know, things. So I, I sort of, I got, I, I, I understood the character. And the same with Norma Desmond, you know, in our business, there are so many, grow, when I was very young, you know, these older divas that I'd be like, oh, they were amazing. And there's these flamboyant characters and, and the films, you know, my mum was a big film buff. So I was brought up watching all the old glamorous Hollywood movies from a very young age so i i got that era i got that um i got norma desmond i i understand i think the the thing for me is that you must play the truth of the character you know you must i try i tried with norma she's such a an amazing character that she'd be too easy to characterize and caricature make a caricature of her yeah you know and I think it's up to the audience to decide she's camp, not for me. If I went on thinking I'm camp and I'm fabulous, I'm camp, I'm Norma Desmond, it wouldn't be true. But if you go on believing her story, because she's such a mixture of fragility and, and, and strength at the same time, and she's funny and she's 
you know, wicked. And there's there's so many layers. And I think if you just stay true to her character and play the script, play the words for real, then let the audience decide when she's funny, when she's gone. Victoria Wood said that to me, actually. She said, Ria, one tip I can give you is let the audience decide you're funny, not you. And it's so true. If you play Mrs. O for laughs, yeah. you wouldn't get as many as if you play her for real because they'll connect with you more and find it funny and they'll come on your journey with you rather than, you know, uh, be terrified of this bonkers, you know, charwoman. Yeah. Is there a role that you've not played yet that you really, really want to play? It was always Mama Rose and Gypsy, you know, right. and uh, that was the one I really wanted to play. And I'd love to play her again. You know, it was a very short run and uh, I would love to have, an, have another go at, 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 at um, Mama Rose. Um, you know, people say, or oh, Dolly or Mame, you know, some, I mean, you know, Tracy Bennett's I adore. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, I think sometimes roles are suited two people and i think tracy was perfect you know and I, of course i lo i'd love to sing the role but i think you've got to have everything it's a wonderful role it's just when you get to a certain age there aren't that many great roles for women in musical theater i mean you've got a bunch in follies which is my favorite sondheim musical um and there's some fantastic roles in that show and the ones that that you know norma and Mama Rose and that I've been very lucky to to have done. Um, maybe maybe down the road a new role will be written. Who knows? But um, there's not one I, that I can think of. Think I'm desperate to do that. You know, <laughs> I think I'm all, all your roles sometimes. together and give you a nice oh, show with all well, of them funny, together. Well, funnily enough, um, that would be great because you can then pick and choose the songs and uh it would be lovely actually to do a show connecting them all yeah um oh you've given me an idea there uh it would be nice because um yeah to go from evita to mrs overall would be quite funny um there you go i mean yeah, what there you go what if it started off as you were a mrs overall that developed into this drama wonderful ladies such as mama rose and then had a wonderful career which ended just like um, norma desmond's there you are i've written it for you there copyright. you go you've written it for me you. copyright he heard it here first <laughs> what's next for you Ria? um sunset boulevard at leicester co Yay. fingers crossed you know it's all very as we know everything's fragile at the moment but fingers crossed it'll be a socially distanced uh, staged concert version. I believe it's in the round and with the Curve Theatre they can open both the studio theatre and the main house right. so you'll have people all the way around you. I think with the 16-piece orchestra and costumed so I think it's going to be rather exciting and of course the song as if we never say goodbye is all about returning to somewhere that you know you feel completely at home um, with and that's so for me to return to theater after nearly a year singing that role is going to be pretty emotional and wonderful at the same time and it'd be it's going to be lovely to hook up with danny danny mac again yeah um, because we had such a 
a wonderful, wonderful relationship on and off stage. You know, so I adore him. So well, I'm just really from looking my forward point to you seeing the trio of you um, and into getting to interview the three of you uh, during your time during Sunset Boulevard. You just seemed also very, very close on and off stage. Yeah, we, we are and we still are. And um, we can't quite believe it's happening. We're all so excited to be back together again and then on one of our favourite shows. And we've all said it was a special, special time. I mean, Nikolai really, the company was just it was perfect. We had the best, best time. Um, so the first show for me to be doing since this all happened, it couldn't have been a better choice in such a, a great theatre with the best team. So, yeah. Excellent. Um, When's that due to run? It opens on December the 14th until okay. Jan- January the 3rd. And um, fingers crossed, so I, going ahead. Oh, fingers crossed. I hope so. They've worked really hard and it's the safest. Um, it's done in such a safe theatre. You know, they've really worked hard in making people feel complete and us completely safe. So... Yeah. Excellent. Well, I will definitely try and get myself down there if I'm allowed out of Manchester. We don't know what we're on. How is Man? I was going to say, what? Where is Manchester? What? What? Where are you now? In are you tier three? Three at the moment. Yes. Which basically means we're allowed uh, thirty-two. This is all I keep going on about. So I'll have to say it again. We're allowed thirty-two. No, tell me. Thirty-two a funeral, but only fifteen to a wedding. Why? Um, You know, it goes on and it goes on. And you can you can all fly out of Manchester Airport, I presume, to New Zealand for twenty odd hours, but you can't go to each Wales. House. <laughs> yeah, you can't go to Wales. There you go. We isn't can do it, this, but we can't do I, that. It's crazy. Isn't it crazy? You can sit next to somebody on a plane yeah, for twenty odd hours. Garden path. For, but but you can't. Yeah, <laughs> that, I think that's what people are finding hard. See. Yeah. But I've said that from word go, you know, um, I think it's up to the individual, isn't it? I think that's what everyone's doing now. What is safe for, you know, I know I'm being really safe because of my parents as well yeah. as myself and my friends and family. And I think it's up to us to just, you know, um, use our common sense, really. Well, so. we can't wait to have you back in Manchester. So oh, do you know what? I, as you know, I love Manchester because that's yeah. where I did Evita. That's where I kicked off my career. It's my second home. I love the people. They're so friendly. And, um, I, yeah, I just love it there so much. So I can't wait to be back either. Dressing room number six should have your name over it permanently, in my little opinion. Oh, it really should. It's my, it's my lucky number. Is it? There you go. Yeah, it's, it's my like lucky number. Fate, isn't it? And everything. There you we go. Are- we have to wrap this up now because uh, right, we are on everybody's lunchtime now. But thank you so very, very much for your time and your company this afternoon. Always, always an absolute pleasure. Rhea Jones there, everybody. Oh, Hi. I love that lady. Oh. Secret man crush. Secret man crush from this little fat drag queen over here. She is an absolute legend. Uh, a diva in every good sense of the word. Make sure you join us on Friday for next uh, for this next episode. We're going to be talking art, everybody, with Babi all the way from the um, what's it called, Aflex Palace. I should write this stuff down. Till then, though, take care of yourselves and each other, and we'll see you very very soon. Ta-ra!